Welcome to the podcast. We will be speaking today with Louisa Joseph from BAME True Boardroom. Um, this talk links in directly um, with the work that I do with Courtney Howard, as well as with Black History Month, which is in October. Um, you can find all the links in the show notes, uh, as well as our website, where this podcast.earth. Um, it was fantastic to have Louisa as a guest on the show. A lot of fun whilst discussing some really serious topics. Um, so without further ado, here's the podcast with Louisa and she's based in the UK. I'm here with um, Louisa Joseph. Um, that, that, that is correct, right, Louisa? It is, yes. <laughs> Welcome to the <laughs> podcast. Um, I was obviously referred to you by Courtney Harewood, a very good friend of mine. Uh, Courtney is from Guyana and uh, his mother actually came here uh, just um, uh, over 70 years ago was nearest for 50 years and i'm working with courtney uh, on a project for the nubian jack community trust doing some fundraising for a statue for the windrush and commonwealth nurses and midwives and courtney really um, uh, suggested to me uh, to give you a call to see if you want to be on the podcast uh, because the work that you do and perhaps mm -hmm. to give a little bit of input as well on, on the work of the nurses and um, what's going on at the moment. Um, so, uh, first of all, what exactly is BAMI to boardroom and what is your position there? And uh, <laughs> what, what do you do? What difference do you make? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, well, it's it's BAME to boardroom, I call it. But, BAME, you know, ah, it's, okay, uh, sorry. It's yeah. BAME and yeah. it's, it's the acronym stands for Black and Asian Minority Ethnic. Yep. Um, and, and and basically what it is, is that I provide coaching and mentoring yep. and inclusive leadership and um, a race at work dialogue program. To, right. So it supports not only the development of Black and Asian minorities mm -hmm. um, in UK workforce, but also works with organisations to try and get them to start the conversation about race at work so that where they need to make changes that impact on, you know, system, systemic racism mm -hmm. and lack of diversity, that they can actually start making those changes that we want to see. Brilliant. Yeah, no, I read a little bit about um, what, what you do. And do you do one-on-one -on -one coaching or is it like group coaching? And how do you do? Do you go yeah, to the companies? Do, or? Yeah, I can do group coaching or I can do one-to-one -one coaching. So I work with individuals and organizations and and normally it's people, be, you know, who are in roles, anything from, you know, those people who have just come out of university and, you know, might be struggling to to get onto the career path up mm -hmm. to senior directors who, you know, are wanting to make personal impact at work and, and struggling a bit in that space. Right, right. And obviously it's, it's, it, it's let me hope pronounce it correctly now, BAME to boardroom. So that means <laughs> <laughs> that, means that uh, the individuals are already working in, in a company and have... Problems moving up the yeah. ladder, is that what it is? Or are people who are just difficulty getting, you know, accepted in a job in the first place? Yeah. So the number a number of people that I coach are people yeah. who um who are either have just lost their job, for example, because yeah. of redundancies that have recently happened. Yeah. Or they're people who are wanting to change their career path. Mm -hmm. Or they're people who are wanting to start their own businesses, so they want to build the confidence in order to, you know, to approach it in the right way, um, so that they can go on something and do something by themselves. Mm -hmm. Or it's people who want to be as effective as they can be within their own work environment. So that could be anybody who's, you know, working in any industry um, and could have a team, or could be working in a silo. But um, mm -hmm. but yeah, so I would say that I would work 
with it, with with anybody, whatever their their grade or their role, whatever industry it is. Yeah. It's just, I think the key thing is that person is keen to develop, uh, understand their talents and you know their purpose and their values, and then use whatever talents that you know their God given talents to enable them to reach their full potential. Really, yeah, it makes sense to me. And, and obviously, do you advise the companies themselves as well, or is it mainly the individuals that you're aiming at? So yeah, I work with um, with organisations as well. So for example, um, I uh, run a race at work dialogue program, mm-hmm. and all th- what this does is bring groups of people across the organisation together mm-hmm. in a safe psychological space where people can talk about the topic. And you know, th- the things that sometimes confuse people around race is that you know the the guilt that sometimes people feel, um, and that could be whether you're black or white or but people sometimes feel get guilt because of their lack of knowledge or education mm-hmm. or lived experiences. And sometimes it's they don't know what to say when things like um, what's happened recently around, you know, George Floyd's yep. murder mm-hmm. and Black Lives Matter. They don't mm-hmm. know how to approach it. And and for some black people, for example, I receive calls from people who were literally traumatized by what happened mm-hmm. because what it did was bring up some instances or um, past experiences for them that they never truly actually accepted and dealt with. Mm-hmm. And and then I had calls from people who were not black or Asian, but white people who were thinking, this is just, I never realized how bad things were, mm-hmm. even in this country. And what can I do about it? And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't even know what the first step is. What What's the right question? What terminology I should be using? Mm-hmm. So there's a whole different mix. And, um, and those conversations come up within that session. Yeah. So people then can understand it a little bit better just by listening to others in the group about their lived experiences or their lack of education, how that makes them feel. But then after we've done that, it's then, so what? What are you going to do about that? And then throughout all of those sessions, there's always something, some action, whether it's small or individual or a big action as a group, but there's always something that you can do as the first step to to make that change, um, even if it's just within your own space and you within your own mindset. Right. Yeah. You obviously you mentioned here George Floyd and obviously Brianna Taylor uh, as well, from what I understand, mm. and uh, has sparked uh, quite a number of events around the world. And um, basically, it's clear yeah. now that that uh, there's systematic, uh, you know, systemic uh, racism and cannot be ignored anymore. And um, that's basically what you what 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 you do as well. Um, but for a long time already, right? Um, have have the recent mm-hmm. events had an impact on what you do or? Yeah, it has. I've, I've had, you know, calls from organisations and individuals mm-hmm. um, because people are keen to get the education that they need to make a change, yeah. but also to support employees as well to deal with those different things that have come up. So yeah. having that safe space is really crucial for pe- employees to be able to have somebody listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um and so that was what a number of organisations wanted to talk to me about. How can we do this really well mm-hmm. um, so that people feel engaged? And then for them to think after they've heard what you know their employees have said is, what do, do we now do with it? What can we put in place? How can we embed all of the things that we want to create mm-hmm. um, to support you know a more diverse workforce? Or even if it's just you know, dealing with things like microaggressions that some people never even heard of before (laughs) before this George Floyd and Black Lives Matter stuff. What do you mean by microaggression, if I may ask? What do you you mean? Microaggressions? 
they are um, small and subtle um, behaviors or um, things that people say to you at work, wow. which otherwise sometimes it's inadvertently, but it's, it diminishes your self-esteem and your confidence. Yeah. And sometimes it's deliberate. And in that case, it's normally because that person feels that because of the color of your skin, you are not on an equal playing field as them because they are white. Right. And so sometimes it happens, most of the time it happens very um, um, covertly. So things like, I don't know, when you go for an interview that mm-hmm. um, all the other participants who are white are interviewed um, behind closed doors, and they get a fair assessment, and then you turn up, and mm-hmm. then the person says to you, oh, let's just do it in the corridor here. It'll just take us a couple of minutes, and they don't ask you the same questions. Uh-huh. Um, or somebody not making eye contact with you when you talk to them, or somebody talking through somebody else to you. So instead of talking to you directly, they might send an email to somebody else to ask you a question or speak to that person and ask that person to ask you the question. Or sometimes people um, start malicious gossip about the reasons why you were recruited. So, for example, as a black woman, people might say, oh, Louisa was only recruited because the company was looking to get diverse candidates in. So they decided to do some positive discrimination and she's got the job because of it. Um, When actually... Um, someone will have gone through exactly the same process and been assessed in the same way yeah. and got the job on merit. So those are some of the things and, and other subtle things like not being invited to meetings or social events mm-hmm. that you should um, very clearly be invited to, mm-hmm. particularly if you're a key person in, on a particular project, for example. Yeah. So those are some of the things that people experience and people experience things like, you know, going to a, a lobby and automatically they're told that they need to go to the back entrance if they're delivering. They still do or, that? Uh, Come on. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was in, um, that was somebody um, reported that just the other day that that happened to them they thought the person was security and told them that the entrance is around the back or they were delivering and this person was you know one of the guest speakers at a conference (laughs) (laughs) embarrassing basically yeah Mm. yeah yeah normally i do podcast on on sustainability and responsible travel and i've been in you know working with regards to sustainability for a long time and um, roughly 10 12 years ago um, I was do, con- contacting a lot of companies and they said they were doing something with regards to sustainability. They were really thinking about climate change. But what they did at that point was mainly like window dressing. They just put up a front saying, we are doing something about this. Um, but actually, they didn't do anything about it, like greenwashing, basically. Yeah, that was for sustainability. Do, do you feel that companies do that with regards to diversity and inclusion? I feel that some organizations, they want to be seen to be diverse um, and they will do a lot of work around um, some initiatives like set up a BAME network, for Uh example, or or events. Um, But until they actually start reviewing their processes and systems and policies Uh that um, deliver racist outcomes, until they actually get to the bottom, the, you know, the root of the problem, those initiatives won't make the sustainable change that they're looking for. And sometimes it, it does uh, seem like it's a, a tick, box ex- yeah. tick box exercise yeah. to say, yes, we've done that tick. 
But actually, when you look at it, if you look on their website, they probably haven't got anybody in their board who is a person of colour. They haven't got anybody, um, they haven't got a talent pipeline that's diverse. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found that with many large organisations, you know, there will be um, people of minority ethnic backgrounds within the the frontline levels of a company. But Mm -hmm. as you go further up, into the organization, particularly into senior yep. level roles and boardroom, they, they will very rarely be a, um, a person of color. So that is not what you would call a true representation of the, of the UK workforce. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think sometimes it is a tick box exercise mm-hmm. or sometimes they will say that they don't actually have a budget but they'd like to do something. Mm-hmm. So whatever they do, because they haven't got a budget, they're not actually committed Without that budget, they're not committed. Um, and if you ask them about the data that they've got to support change, mm-hmm. they haven't even done the data. And right. you need the, you do need the data, even if it's just, you know, having a focus group to actually see what the challenges might be yeah. um, and where you can improve. You're not going to be able to make measurable change that are sustainable, that can be embedded into the culture. So you need to be committed. And, and by demonstrating commitment, you need to, have a budget, you need to be committed to do the data and then put in place some of the stuff around reviewing your processes and practices that influence the outcomes that deliver, you know, no one of colour in your yeah. dreams. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, where sustainability is concerned, it has changed over the last 10 years, I must say. Even oil companies now are moving into the direction of, of being energy companies. So do you think that might happen as well that change in a positive way in organizations in the uk with the work that you do for what it's been very slow progress because mm. there's been a number of reports that have been out over the last few years yeah. that have shown where there are discrepancies have shown how organizations can do different things to to create the change but it takes something like people dying <laughs> for yeah. change to be made mm-hmm. when it comes to race equality um and I don't know if that's what needs to happen for for change to happen in terms of our environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but the time is now on both <laughs> on both sides, you mm-hmm. know, both for sustainability and and our environment and race equality. The time is now. We're, we're, what else are we waiting for? This is no, no, no this absolutely, is especially with the, the events going on. That's why I really, you know, think like the more public attention is on this, the more change will happen. I'm sure you agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the momentum is here now. So let's let's go with the momentum and see what we can do. But it's all about every every individual making that small change, even if mm-hmm. it's about looking at actually your social network. Yeah. Is it reflective of, you know, what you say you believe in? Uh-huh. <laughs> and Absolutely. I think we can all be, uh, we're all guilty of that, actually. <laughs> well, sometimes maybe, yeah. <laughs> okay, Brian. So, um, obviously, I did an interview with Jack from the Nubian Jack uh, Community Trust with uh, Antonia, who's working in a frontline center. And what came out of that interview, I just want to have your opinion. Uh, we spoke earlier as well, last week, very briefly. You said, well, you don't, really know much about it, but you do have an opinion about it, therefore. So um, there's, there's evidence emerging of um, how individuals from the uh, BAME community are being disport- disproportionately affected by the coronavirus. And uh, in particular, where the nurses are concerned and midwives and uh, healthcare staff, obviously because I'm doing this project, uh, has come out that, um, well, even though they are roughly 20 
25% uh, of all the nurses and all the uh, midwives. Um, the individuals that die amongst the BAME community account for 63%. So that's that's very weird. Yeah. Yeah. What it's do you think? disproportionate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's something around, you know, when we talked about, um, you know, BAME in the workforce, yeah. in those frontline roles, like you say, in the NHS, mm -hmm. that's where you will find a lot of people who are at... Um, who are doing those key roles. So whether it's a security guard or, you know, some a nurse yeah. or whether it's um taxi drivers, that's where that's where you'll find the frontline people. And those yeah. that's where you will get the contact and that's where impacts transmits and and also there's the the issue around the socioeconomic backgrounds as well. So mm -hmm. within the UK workforce, if you look at the numbers around people who live in those poorer areas, mm -hmm. they will probably be of a black or Asian minority ethnic background. Mm -hmm. So I think there is a correlation between the socioeconomic and, uh, and the race, ethnicity mm -hmm. of those who are being impacted by COVID. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and it, all it does is just highlights the inequalities in in the in the country and in, in our society. Yeah. And uh, you know, our government says it wants to level up the playing field. I'm not sure that their actions demonstrates that. Um, particularly when um, they kick the can down the road when it comes to doing all of the, you know, the actions taking actions from previous reports mm -hmm. um, that have come out about race inequalities. I think it's great that they've, they've set up another commission, but yeah. let's look at what's already been put out there. What are the recommendations? Where do we need to make change yeah. so that people can actually believe that there is this need and want to um, to level up the playing field for people across poor socioeconomic backgrounds and race inequality? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Um, then another article from uh, nurses.co.uk uh, talking about um, BAME nurses struggling to progress their career. Your field, mm -hmm. that's your field, right? That's exactly what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Making yeah. them, them go up the ladder. Is that something, an area you've been looking at? Um, healthcare well, workers? I, or? Earlier this year, before yeah. COVID-19, yeah. I did do um, a workshop um, one of my workshops is called Be Visible, Be Confident. And we, we look at all of the aspects around understanding your your purpose and your values to, you know, how do you get visibility, making, you know, great connections, mm -hmm. how as a BAME person you can um, support the development of other BAME colleagues. And there was a room of around 100 clinical and um, different levels of people from the NHS in that room. Most of them had degrees, some of them had masters, others had doctorates. Um, and yet there's still there's still a, a steeple where people are struggling to get to the top in terms of leadership yep. um, within um, an organization like the NHS. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to put your finger on what that what that issue is, but there's um, but there's de I felt that there was desperate there was a kind of a frustration around what else can they be doing because they're very, um, educated, mm -hmm. they've got all the qualifications mm -hmm. um, to be doing leadership roles, but many of um, those BAME people who are in the room were not in that position. Is that because it's government instead of companies? I don't think it's anything to do with that. I think no? it's just that um, there is systemic racism within organisations that mm -hmm. prevent equal opportunities for not only hiring, but retention, promotion, um, 
there is around appraisals, um, all of those things. And so there is definitely barriers and challenges that that constantly are being, um, you know, people have to to, to, to work their way through in mm-hmm. order to be recognised and be, be visible within, be, within the organisation that they work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems that even when you have a degree, you're still either overqualified or just not, you know, the right person in inverted commas for the role. So it's, right. Yeah. So there's no difference between uh, leadership um, in companies and leadership in government organizations, in your opinion? I don't believe there is no. No? no? Okay. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I actually thought there was myself because I see quite a few individuals from the uh, BME um, community in very high positions in companies, um, particularly in America, I would say. Um, but not in not in government uh, somehow. So, but if, if you say that's not the case, that that you know, I'll take your word for it. Maybe I've just seen it wrong. Yeah, you might see there there are um, a number of people who are in senior roles, but is yeah. it representative of the population? That's the question. Ah, fair enough. Okay. Is it a uh, fair yeah, representation? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, maybe they're just pointing it out. Um, indeed. Okay, that's possible. Yeah. So, there was a, for example, mm-hmm. so for example, in the Parker Review in 2016, they. Sorry, which review um, was that? The Par- Parker Review. Uh, the Parker Review, okay, yeah. it showed that, that um, 53 of the FTSE 100 organisations in yeah. the UK yeah. uh, didn't have a person of colour in their board at board level. Okay. Um, what, what's the reason behind that? When you think about it, that's around 8% compared mm-hmm. to the population of 14% of BAME. Yeah. So it's not representative is, is all I'm saying. And, and it's all about trying to bring that equality for, for ethnicity and race in this country. Yeah. Okay. Makes makes sense. Um, then, obviously, you know, normally I talk about travel as well, but no, no one travels at the moment. Um, how is your situation, <laughs> your family? Are they safe and well? Or did you have um, any... Because my fiancé is from, from Italy and um, not not didn't go too well for her uh, friends and family. So are you okay, basically? Or? Yes, we're all very well. Is it, so is your girlfriend over here? She is here. Yeah, she's here. She has been here okay. all the time. She went to Italy before uh, the pandemic starts quite a while ago as well. But yeah, um, yeah she had quite a few friends uh, affected. So she's from Bergamo, which is the area in Italy which was most affected. I think it's like 40, 50% of the population there. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not good. That's not good. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yes, we're all, we're all very well. Yeah, very and well. Um, yeah. yes, my my son is doing his apprenticeship, so he started going back to work, mm. and my daughter's back at school. So fingers crossed. Are that, you worried um, about that? Let me ask. Am I worried about her going to school? Yeah. I think I've come to the point where the the worry is not something that is beneficial or you mm-hmm. know helps with in any way shape or form yeah. so all you have to do is do what you think is the best thing and right now yeah. her being in school is probably the best for her you probably have to um, live at a certain point yeah yeah um i've um got a, t- a tutor to help support her uh-huh. um you know with extra maths and science lessons just to make sure that you know she keeps on track and um in those two particular areas of her education. Okay, okay. Now, that, 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 because I was walking past the school here in Chiswick, where my office is, and uh, I just saw these whole groups of of, of, of kids, uh, somewhere between 14 and 17, I think, from what I can see, mm-hmm. all grouped together, no masks, no social distancing, yes. nothing. So and, um, I'm just wondering, like, you know, maybe it's changing. Yeah. But, uh, 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to try and um, tell kids, and and mm-hmm. you can't be there wherever they are, twenty four seven. So they'll tell you they're wearing their masks, but when yeah. they're chatting with their friends and they're involved, they don't put their masks on, and they're not social distancing. No. And when you nag them about it, you just become the enemy. And so uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's, just a, it's, a, it's okay. a job in a half. Try yeah. to tell you. <laughs> but what I didn't understand was why um, university um, students were allowed to to go back when um, there's clearly some, you know, the second wave coming. Definitely. Um, yeah. And and now probably they won't be able to come back for Christmas, and parents will be really worried about that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just one year gone of your life, I would say, basically for all the students and uh, mm. everyone else um, uh, as well. Um, recent uh, circumstances made a lot of organizations um, basically say we need to do something about racial injustice. Um, mm-hmm. at, at the moment, it's fading away a little bit as well. I have the feeling again. Um, have, have you seen any of these of these fluctuations in the markets with regards to your business? Um, at the, well, at the start of COVID, um, there were mm-hmm. a lot of organisations who I had been in discussions with, yeah. and <clears throat> and because of COVID, had decided that they needed to concentrate in other areas and mm-hmm. um, possible redundancies and uh, mental health and well-being was yeah. a key focus for many of the HR teams. Yeah. Um, and then I think um, there was more of a concentrated flurry of work started coming through following um what happened with george floyd's death and mm-hmm. and the blm so um at the moment i'm pretty busy in terms of work that's coming through um, yeah, to okay. support organizations and individuals um so i'm just hoping that that will continue and then mm. yeah so it's a true sign when when work starts to fall off whether whether that's race and ethnicity equality is actually up on the on the agenda for, yeah. for organizations yeah, because a lot of organizations at the moment just want to survive, basically, right? Mm, a lot of exactly. them are going under. I can see it in the office building where I am. A lot of companies are just disappearing, and that's just really, yeah. really sad. Um, but anyway, let's end up with a good um, a good end note. Is there anything that you would like to mention at this point? Is there anything? Where can people find you? What are the plans for the near future? <laughs> um Plans for the near future. I think I'd, I I think I would like to continue to to be busy and working with organisations around mm-hmm. getting that uh, the conversation about race at work started because um, there's no need really for there to be any um, people to feel uncomfortable talking about race. Mm-hmm. We talk about gender um, inequality. We talk about LGBTQ. Um, we talk about all of the other protected characteristics, and there isn't this emotive, uncomfortable feeling about talking about um, those topics. So what I'd like and what my aspirations is really is that, you know, that everybody feels comfortable talking about this topic so that they can make real changes in their, you know, in their personal lives as well as um, within the organisations that they work. And it's bamitoboardroom.com, correct? It's B-A-M-E, the boardroom.com. Boardroom. <laughs> <laughs> <It's laughs> All one word, right? <laughs> Indeed. Anywhere yeah, else where people can find you? Twitter? Are you on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere? Mm. Or? Uh, I have a, um, a Facebook group, um, right. which is called um, Be Visible, Be Confident, Breakthrough 
Wow, um, that's a long so title. That's a yeah. group for people who are looking for hints and tips on, yeah. you know, how to get to the next level, inspirational kind of um, uh, hints and tips to support people in their development. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, I, I have to ask you that on my email. Sorry, do you have to, or, or repeat it, one of the two. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, my well. email is just louise at babetoboardroom.com. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Much appreciated. No, thank you so much, Peter. <laughs> All right. So that was a podcast with Louisa Joseph from BAME to Boardroom. I'll put all the links in the show notes. Her website is bametoboardroom.com. You can find the latest news on podcasts.earth. You have been listening to Peter, Peter DeVries. Thank you for doing so. And please don't forget to tune in next time. Thank you.